Hey everybody, welcome back to the Iris Global uh, Green Room Podcast. We have a treat for you today. The treatiest of all treats, pastor, father, minister, apostle, singer, band leader, minstrel, extraordinaire, uh, and the best, the best teeth in all of Utah, if I might say as well. Uh, sure. Tommy <laughs> freaking green. I slicked my hair back for you today, Tommy, for this uh, week's interview. No, dude, okay. This this isn't even slicked back, bro. This is I have a man bun oh because of this crazy haircut I have to have for the movie. I got to be in a movie, and my character has this weird haircut, and so I've got to I try to be a professional while I'm working, wow. but I've got a man bun. Oh man! And so I have feelings on man buns that I don't want to offend our listeners or you, but uh, <laughs> we, we, so I didn't add actor into the list of accolades. Oh, that's not you know this is yeah it's okay you can leave that <laughs> off the list. <laughs> I think you can pull it off. Listen, let's kick this off. For those of you who don't know who Tommy is. Uh, he's my friend, uh, first and foremost, and he's just yes. an all-around amazing guy. Uh, I met Tommy a few years ago. Uh, I probably sought you out. Um, uh, your your music has influenced my life. Uh, and I just, I, I don't actually remember. I think we met through Darren Wilson, did we? No. Where, how did we meet? You came out to Salt Lake City when you were yes. filming... We were filming Father of Lights. Or yes, what, which one that's was it? it. Which Holy Ghost? Holy, Holy Ghost. Ghost. I don't know. Yeah, and you we hung out Salt on the Lake. streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Jamie Galloway were doing street evangelism, and I, I went with you guys to the temple, and we had that weird interaction with that dude. And anyways, <laughs> so that's how we met. And yes. then Sleeping Giant ended up coming to the East Coast to play some shows, mm -hmm. and I'm. If I like somebody, I just like keep them. And so I just hit you up and was like, yo, I'm coming to your town to play this fest. Can we chill? And then you were like, yeah. And being a hardcore kid, that's like, can all my friends come and we'll just stay at your house? Yes. And we opened up our basement. My, my wife, after you guys came in, like we were sleeping that night, or I think you guys came in after we were asleep. But she woke up in the morning, we were making you breakfast, and like these dudes, like covered in black, <laughs> just with disheveled long hair, holding drumsticks, came walking out. And I was like, babe, uh, what are you doing? And I was like, they're great, they're with Tommy. She didn't know that part, she didn't know that part of my life. Uh, yeah, and so she, she got to have a little, a little taste of it, uh, and meeting so you guys good. in the morning. But I had such a great time, love you. And we've stayed connected. Um, you're a man that, that I just love having in my life and having around. And uh, and I and I and I take take this as a just an awesome blessing to share you with some of our Iris listeners. Before we get going, Tommy, wow. I was reading somebody handed handed me a hymnal in um, in Texas. I was out there a few months ago, and uh, I was reading a great hymnal. I know there's a lot of uh, maybe a generation that watches this connected with us, and uh, I wanted to read an excerpt from from this hymnal. It made me think about you. Uh, all fear. Uh, this is, a, I'm not a, like a musician, so forgive me. I'm not going to read music and do the pauses. Um, all fear, all pain, all hurt, all grief, all lies must bow to the name of Jesus. Every king, every throne, everything that breathes life must bow to the name of Jesus. The earth, the sea, 
Tell me knows where I'm going with this. The sun, the stars, the sky must bow to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 All fear, all pain. This is a good one, Tom. Like this is this is like, I think it's from the 18 somethings. Uh, all fear, all pain, all hurt, all grief, all lies must bow yeah. to the name of Jesus. All kings, yes. all thrones, everything that breathes life must bow to the name of Jesus. The earth, the sea, yeah. the sun, the stars, the sky must bow to the name of Jesus. And then the chorus goes on with hallelujahs. Uh, there is no one like you, my God. There is no one like you, my king. No one. There was no one like you. Hallelujah. They, <laughs> they speak highly about supremacy. And this is the declaration. Hear us. Prepare. Swing open your ancient doors. Receive your king. Every king, every crown, every throne bows down. We fall face down. Bow down. We kiss the ground. Bow down. Jesus, you hold the crown as we bow down. Uh... It reminded that ancient hymn reminded me of you for some strange reason. Uh, it's not an ancient hymn. Uh, sorry, I lied a little bit. Uh, that is Tommy and his music. Here's why I wanted to just maybe fool our listeners for a second. Most people look at the package that you carried ministry in. Uh, when it's put in a context of a hymnal or a prayer, there would be no Christian on planet Earth that would have an issue with that package. However, however, you you carry those words in a different way. Uh, for me, yeah. <laughs> are you okay over there? <laughs> I just really, I, I really like him. So yeah, I always feel like, yo, don't go talking about him, bro. It's gonna mess me yeah. up. Like, yeah. uh, the, this is these are words that you wrote for your band, Sleeping Giant, and uh, yeah. it's one of my favorite songs you sing. Um, yeah. Even my own wife has an issue when I'm when I when she sees me weeping or worshiping <laughs> to the the throngs of of hardcore metal. Yeah music um yeah. why i want to ask you for those of you who don't know he tommy and sleeping giant is how, how would you classify the genre of your music well it's you know we are like we're from the the american hardcore scene just kind of like a hybrid of punk rock and metal mm -hmm. that started in the late 70s and early 80s um but the, it's branched into so many different genres yeah. that we're, we're like a hardcore or like a metal core band <laughs> And, and yeah, so what, what is it, do you find that, that believers have attention in, in listening to your, your, your worship, listening to this call to evangelism? Because for you, this isn't about music. And I know it is. I mean, it, I, every time I've been around you, this is your call to evangelism. This is your call to mm -hmm. missions, even in America. Um, yeah. Do you find that, that it rubs the church the wrong way? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it did mm -hmm. <clears throat> for a long time. Yeah. And part of why sounds like ours exist 
mm-hmm. is because I think the people of God uh, need to learn the skill of lament <laughs> and need to learn to hold space for the orphan. If we're going to turn the hearts of fathers well, <laughs> to sons <laughs> and vice versa, you have to you have to hear the pain. And so the hardcore scene is an is a bastardized sound. It's a street style of music. It's made by throwaway kids that didn't have an outlet living on the street. And they were too angry for just new wave punk rock. And they weren't as into the deep kind of metal stuff. And so it's an angry, driving, intimate, fierce sound. And if the church doesn't make room for the warrior sound, then warriors will find another way. And so unfortunately, it's sort of lived in the tension. It's just like uh, hip hop or any other subculture music. It's a voice that gives, it's a sound that gives voice to a specific set of tensions. Mm. And praise and worship is there. Jesus is there. Mm. But we don't hear him. If you don't have eyes to see him there, uh, then you're going to think he's not there. <laughs> and uh, I just think, yeah, the church, part of why Sleeping Giant even existed is when I got saved, really rescued. Wow. Like, really, really saved. <laughs> like, really saved by Jesus. I was in the hardcore scene, and I think the parable would be the, the demonized man who gets saved yeah. and goes, can I come with you? And right. Jesus is like, stay. Nope. <laughs> and, and I, and so we got saved, but we stayed. And so we just brought our devotion to a culture that we had, we had earned in time there. And so a lot of kids got saved and then tried to go to the church from the hardcore scene and tried to get into the church. And the church had such a problem with their clothing mm-hmm. or their, language or whatever it was that they were effectively like kicked back out. And so then it becomes a culture unto itself. And so the reason Sleeping Giant, I think, did a lot is because we were just trying to create a new bridge between our culture and the people of God. You don't have to leave the culture, but there's got to be a space for unity between subculture movements, which are so 100% conviction. Mm. And, uh, what that's going to do is it's going to offend pop culture Christianity because pop culture Christianity is all mass with no conviction. It, it, and so there's a, there's a charge that comes at it. You've got a hundred percent fire and then you've just got the crowd. Yeah. And so I think when people think the crowd and status quo is what Jesus wants, it's deeply offensive to have ruffians show up and take over. And so I think, uh, yes, they've been very offended by the hardcore scene or by the sound. And I think that's more about the hardcore scene, the hip hop scene, disenfranchised people, creative outlets from subcultures in America. We are a mirror that mainstream Christianity does not want to look at. And so when when they see the discrepancy, it's like, I don't want to look at that and Mm -hmm. I don't know how to deal with that. And it can't fit. Yeah. 
And so that's the tension that we, you know, at yeah. the Christian festival we played at. Yeah. We're, we are the mutants on the side stage, <laughs> like 500 miles away from the Hillsong concert. You yeah. know, there's like 10,000 people doing that. And then there's all the kids way over there. Yeah. And that's, that's our crowd. That's yeah. who we are. And so our heart is to create unity, especially because I feel like I've seen what has happened now. There's been a few waves of kids getting saved and trying to find their way. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, if without the right spot, yeah. the sons don't find fathers and the fathers don't find mm -hmm. sons and it doesn't work. And so that's, that's what we're trying to do is, is be forerunners yeah. in the, in the spiritual sense, you know, and, and we're also, kids trying to figure it out and make our own way. And yeah. so uh, anyways, we're, we're trying to work through our own stuff mm -hmm. as we follow Jesus. And we're also carrying something for these other kids uh, because there's so much lacking yeah. in, in real expression for so many people in our generation that um, I, if I would, I would, I, I really would, I would forfeit my culture to become a part of the greater culture and unfortunately, that's not what God's called me to do. And so <laughs> I find myself in this weird tension of looking at people going, hey, uh, are you going to figure this out? Yeah. Or are we going to have to go around the mountain again, man? Because yeah. David's are out here. Yeah. Mighty men are out here. Yeah. Mighty women are out here. These are lions over yeah. here. And if you would have us, it's it's a bit weird. It's a weird analogy, but, you know. There's a quote from one of the people that was part of uh, the Manson family, Charles Manson. And she said at the trial, whoever loves me first can have my life. Whoa. That's the generation that we are a part of. Whoever will love me first can have it. And that's where I come from. So for us, you know, we're figuring out what it's like to have self-worth while feeling mostly rejected by the culture that we're trying to connect with yeah so that's that's probably the tension in Do, a lot of ways you know tommy i as i was driving over here there's so many things that that i love about you but i think one of the reasons why we connected right off the bat and and i know everybody tries to compare somebody to their niche you're like oh well you're just one of us but the reality is is i hear your story as i hear your passion i don't see you any different than any of our missionaries like you're like you're called to a tribe you're called to a tribe yeah that speaks a different yeah. language and, and missionaries, they give their lives. They, they, they do whatever they can to stop for the one. And those are in need. And I don't see you any different. Like I see you being called to a tribe, being called to a generation and doing whatever it takes to meet that generation. I'm not going to go and bring a goat to a head pastor here in America. Right. But if I do that to the chief in the village, they're going to be like, yes, this is the best day of my life. You know, we do yeah. what we do what we can to meet people where they're at, it, to call them into the kingdom. And I see, I see, and every time we talk, whether it's in my house or on the phone, um, your passion, your zealousness for the lost, for the poor, for the broken, is 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 as big as any of our any of our missionaries. And and I just love the avenue that God's used you in. Okay, so what is the difference? Describe for me and our listeners who might not be familiar familiar with some of this. I know we have some that are, we have a huge uh, demographic. Describe for me sure. the difference between uh, anger and passion because because uh, I think, you know, if my uh, if my mom listened to your music, well, she did a little bit just because it was playing in my bedroom. Not your music, other stuff. Um, 
Yep. They, they're gonna. That's angry. That's not. God does not love anger. Why is that all so angry? Couldn't they just say it with soft voices? That you know, in a nice soothing C chord. What's the difference between no. anger and passion? No, they, no, they couldn't, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Bring no, us I, there. I think, you know, there's a there's a verse in the Bible that says, "Be angry and don't sin." You know, the reality is like. The difference between anger and passion for me at this stage of my life mm-hmm. is that anger is a secondary emotion that's usually connected to a painful thing. A painful thing happened first mm-hmm. before there was anger. What I would say is um, passion is born of pain as well. I would say that's why we call it the passion of the Christ. It's like mm-hmm. this is painful excruciating stuff that we're going through. The point is, I I feel like some people are saying, you know, it's like, if you don't, if you don't translate it, you're going to transmit it. You're going to give it away. And people in the church, I feel like should recognize for every pastor on stage, every missionary out there, all of us, we really need to be really clear here. People get what you have, not what you say. And so the reality is if I'm saying something that sounds angry, but it's coming from a place of actual pain or loss or shame, it doesn't land the same way. And it actually, I would say, gives more of a voice to our humanity than I think the Christian culture wants to deal with. The beauty of Jesus to me, the thing that I loved more than anything, whoa, is I just loved his humanity. I I liked thinking about him as a person. And I think that's the, that's the voice that we try to push away. We want to be supernatural. And the reality is he was fully God, mm. fully man. Like, so that marriage is so powerful. Why couldn't we say it a different way? Because that pain, that hurt, that emotion, that beauty has a voice. Yeah. And if we research praise, we'd understand Hebraically, in the church, we do like three versions of praise, and there's seven versions of praise. Okay, and like give it, give it, tell, tell us what the three are and tell us what the seven are. So there's like Shabbat, which is actually shouting. There's, uh, what is it? Zamar is like plucking stringed instruments, mm-hmm. right? There's like Tehila, which is like singing and raising your hands. There's, what is there? Todah, Tehila, Zamar, Barach, Shabbat. There's like all these different ones and it's, and there's some that are like boast, shine, right. be foolish. That's what we look like. Mm. There's one that's like, may the praises of God be on our lips. Mm-hmm. That word praise is actually bow. That has nothing to do with your mouth. That has everything to do with bowing down before the Lord. So if you walked into David's worship service, most mainline church people would be so offended because it's all of it. And we do, those guys pluck instruments and sing. We sing. Every once in a while, we get a little spontaneous and there's a little mm-hmm. bit of tequila, but like not much because we're a little past that now. We're, we're very pro-excellence in the church now. So we don't, we don't want to make mistakes or make it sound beautiful and authentic. We'd right. rather it sound packaged well and produced. And so anyways, what I'm saying is there's seven styles of praise most churches are fighting to to copycat the top three at the biggest churches, and they're leaving so much on the table. 
that for us, we jump and shout and flip yeah. and spin and scream. And it all counts because yeah. it's all praise. Yeah. Um, and if they're not going to do it in church, I guarantee they're going to go do it at a concert or a sporting event or some large population like demonstration. Mm -hmm. People shout and jump and spin and clap and say things spontaneously all the time. We just don't like let them do that in a style of worship. And so for anyone that wants to say like, hey, why can't they? It's like it's because what you guys are doing is tired mm. and it's easy. Spontaneity and like freedom and real wild praise. It's hard to control cool. and it's hard to be in charge of. And you mm. got to just like. Let God be God and let every man be full of it, if that's the point. Yeah. But kids are going to kids are going to go. So for us, I would just say if you've never been to a place in high praise where you you're done, dude. it is it, you're all invested. And then you can finally maybe come to a place of rest and then you come back. It's like you don't get that a lot of times. And I think a lot of people are really missing out on an expression of, of praise, mm. not worship can happen. In, in silence, but, but praise is offensive. And I think hardcore kids do it right, man. They, they are offensive. And, and, and where they go, I think hip hop kids, I think break dancers, I think people that just go, they are offense. They are, they are moving forward in a way. And uh, Psalm 65 says to you, O Lord, even silence is praise. So that's, that's fine. And there's time for that. But the church has a the church overall in America, I'll say, how about that? Yeah. The church overall really just has a hard time dealing with pain and trauma and grief and lament and mm. sorrow. We want to fix it. And because we want to fix it, we don't let room. We don't give room for the healing to come. Yeah. And so that's going to it's going to find a way. And so if there's painful music out there. I just want to let you know it's saving more lives than the church is ready to give it credit for. You know, it just is it's just. Someone's going to go, I know what that dude is singing my song. Yeah. And I thought, I thought no one understood. Yeah. And that's the point is it connects, man. Well, this so was, yeah, this sorry, was my mom. life. I haven't talked about this that much on the green room, but like that was my life. I was part of the underground Boston hardcore scene. I found a tribe. I found a people. Yeah. I found a love and a passion for music it, mm -hmm. out of that. And my heart yeah. was garbage. <laughs> my life yeah. was garbage, but I found it uh, something that resonated with me. Wow. And and what I love about you guys, and, and as I, over the last 20 years since I've invested into different Christian genres and listened, I listen to everything under the moon. Um, I, I've seen that there are some, uh, let's say Christian bands, and this, this happens in like the softer Christian radio music as well as the hardcore, where they start off yeah. and get some success and you see them veering off and really going almost, and this is this is my opinion, but just they almost get a little bit of success and then they go and do the thing that they actually really wanted to do. With you, Tommy, um, the success, you're you're a legend in the in the Christian hardcore music scene. You are, you're a legit legend, and I know you don't like acknowledging that, but you are. And and <laughs> you are. You legitimately are. Like and I have people that tell me that. Thanks, Well. Constantly. It's just Thanks, Well. The truth will set you free, Tommy. Just accept it. Uh, but, okay, okay. but one of the things that you Shop. that you've never done is you've maintained the 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 core, which is souls, and and oh, yeah. I've listened to a lot of altar calls. But as I've gone on YouTube and I've watched you give an altar call, 
Um, you're you're literally going where no churches are. You're going where nobody has wow. is preaching the gospel, and you're giving a raw, unadulterated message of the cross and salvation. In in yeah. in between the, some of the most demonic lyrics, uh, you know, from bands previous, sure. or that are just about to come up on the stage after you, tell me about that. Yeah. Bring us into your evangelism, your your missional experience on, on the platform. Tell us what that's like when you're standing in front of a hundred, two hundred, five hundred, a thousand kids that that profess faith even to Satan, and you come up on stage and you are singing the lyrics that I just read off, and they're singing yeah. them with you. How do you, like, yeah. tell me about that. Well, I think the first thing is, like, uh, um, I'm, I'm like, well, what do you have that you haven't received? You know, it's like, I'm, I'm nothing without uh, Jesus, first off. Secondly, I'm just nothing without the community and my friends, my brothers that I got saved with. We, we were doing this at home. And I had started a church that was called Tithomy and it was for kids like me that got saved and just, we, I did not have a good place to land. And so kids started coming and then there was another group and then, you know, so it's just been going for a while now. And Eric took over, he wrote the, the, he, he took over Tithomy when I moved to Utah. Mm-hmm. So he's been passed. We, we paid a price at home to be about, not just the name of Jesus, but like the presence and like the real power of Jesus. Like we, we went through it Mm. and we lost relationships and people bailed theologically and they thought we were a cult and, and the prophetic wasn't real and healing can't happen. And so we're paying, we're paying for what we're fighting for. And then we go on stage coming from somewhere together fighting for something together and we show up on stage and we are convinced that Jesus will heal everyone and that it's already been paid for. And so Eric, my, my dear friend would just tell me you are like an evangelist and I just think you have a grace for evangelism. So let's just see what happens. And it got to a point where I would, I would just test the, the grace on my life. And I would just decide with no backstory, let's just see who can get saved right now. Because for me, that's all it takes. Like someone give me an invitation. Tell me what I'm going to live for. Tell me what I'm going to, someone help me find my way. And so I would just say, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you want one right now, let me see it. And boom. And I'm like, whoa, this is not me. This is about Jesus reaching, right? Like Paul says, like we're making an appeal to you from him. Mm. Like I come from, his kingdom. I'm, I'm a friend of the bridegroom. Like I get to be the best man. Like you should marry him. He's awesome. Like you don't even know how good it's going to be. Come on. Do you want to come with us? And just kids would come. So for us to go on the road with bands that are so, uh, they, they don't have belief in some of these things or they're so turned off by it that they're, they're expressing their worship in whatever direction they're looking. We just came and said, we're going to just, I'm just going to be about it. That's the only reason that I'm here. That was my agreement that I made with the Lord when he rescued me. So I was like, I've used my voice for everything else. You can have it if you want it. I don't have anything else to give you. And he was like, yeah. So he picked me when I was down. So I'm like, I'm ride or die now. I don't have a real choice. So we go out on the road and it's just his time for us. I'm not, I'm not there for anything else. And 
I felt very much like I was kind of in a bubble. Just I'm here for that reason. That's what I'm doing. And so I get to hang with my best friends and I get to play music. But the point is not that. The point is always the message. And so stand on stage and just decree over the crowd that Jesus is ready to heal people. And if you're hurting, he's ready to touch you. And, And for a lot of people, it's if you've been abused like I was, like sexually abused or physically abused as a young kid, there's no way that people can make it up to you. So if you can forgive, the spirit of God will come and fill your heart right now. And so let's settle debt records. Let's forgive our enemies. Let's let's let stuff go and let's be brand new. And and just ministering in that context of saying, take take what everyone owes you and put it in your hand. And I'm going to count to three and then release it. And then let's invite the Holy Spirit to come. And so the Holy Spirit would just come. And even, even if it was just for that time, someone was able to feel like, man, the condition of my heart is really important. And maybe this God thing isn't what I thought it was. And right. so, you know, we would do that and just kids would say yes to Jesus. And we'd have people come up to us that we never prayed for. And they said, I'm deaf or I'm blind or I've got my spine fused and I can't move my neck and look, I'm, you know, like cancer and I mean, just healing and signs wow. and wonders. So we read all of the books that everyone wrote <laughs> so dumb that we're just like, I guess this works. And then, in a lot of ways, it felt more like, to be honest, when we've come up to the mainstream culture, it's almost like they try to put Saul's armor on yeah, us. Yeah. And we have to just take it off because we're used to fighting. Just what Eric said. He's like, dude, it's so weird. Like they just don't, they don't see what we're doing. And it's almost like they're used to fighting in rank mm-hmm. with hundreds of their friends and they all fight the same. Yeah. And we're off fighting lions and tigers and bears. <laughs> oh my, and we're by ourselves, you know? And so it's, it's very unique to feel like, hey, like we read your book and then we did it. Right. Like, is, can we get some credit or no? What, what that church does, was it? It doesn't in? count. What, what hall was it in? You know, was it on the streets or was it like, yeah. And, and you're, nope, it's none of those things. And, in bars like all across America. And, and and more importantly is when we get off stage and we are with the dudes on tour, I think most of the time with the people we were with, mm. we had a good we had a good reputation. With the, yeah. with people that don't agree with us, we we could show up well. We yeah. they knew we were about it but we carried it a little different. And I, th- I, I think that's just because it's who we were. It wasn't, it's not something we put on to be popular. It's something that I think we, we carried with us to be as effective as we possibly could yeah. because we were like grown, we were growing dudes, but like, I, I know for me personally, I, my, my wife and my kids, like they, my wife means so much to me that like, She's so noble that it's like, yo, I'm leaving Chrissy to come to this bar and get spit on by these people. It's like, I'm not here to waste anybody's time. And so like this, it's not worth it to me to be, to, to do this and be away from the the people in my life unless we are really doing something. And so I think trying to make the most of every opportunity, that was our commitment as a crew. But you know, we'll see. Let, let me ask you, just because we have a couple more minutes left, Tommy. Uh, okay. If you could look back at your life up to this point in ministry, ministering in, in these bars, these festivals, was there a specific testimony that that like marked you? And can you would you mind sharing that in just the last couple of minutes that we have? Yeah, man, we, we used to put on shows at the 
the church that we led, I would say um, there's there's two. <clears throat> and I'll throw this out, especially for the Irish community. First off, let me say this. I don't I don't know a lot of the Irish people, but I feel really you know, I feel so grateful that you give me time to even share with your crew. Will, thank you very much. And to all the Irish people, like, thank you so much for loving Jesus. Like, so good. So thank you for your yes. I'm going to say two things, and they may not land where the typical answer would be. So I just need you guys to just take the complexity of this and do with it what you will. We're playing a show at a festival in Southern California. There's a couple thousand kids there. And a kid uh, comes down and he's dancing and he, he's, he's swinging his arms and everyone's punching and jumping and it's like crazy. And he's, he's dancing and he swings his arm and he cracks his arm and breaks the bone right here in his arm on a post in the venue. Goes out front and the paramedics are out in front of the festival and they feel his arm and they're like, that is broken. You need to go to the hospital. But he'd come down from the Northwest and he didn't want to ruin the show for his friends. It was like the second band. So he's like, I'll just sit out front. I'm not trying to go right now. All my friends are inside. Our community, some of the Redlands kids came up to him and said, hey, let me see your arm. And they put their hands on his arm and they just prayed and prophesied that God was going to miraculously heal his arm. And his broken arm was like instantly healed in front of the EMTs. Um, he did not become a Christian. Yeah. Because Jesus doesn't manipulate like that he doesn't he doesn't everyone has a choice mm. of who they're gonna love mm. and he didn't buy he didn't buy that kid with a miracle that was one we see I this all the time detention. tommy you're not I'm, saying anything crazy to me man okay you saw the miracle but that miracle a lot of people thought if we can do the miracle right. everyone will see everyone will get saved and i just want to let you guys know second story <laughs> We're doing a show at our church. The church is, we're hosting these concerts. Kids are coming in from everywhere. I kept telling them, don't do drugs or drink in the parking lot. We're going to get shut down. Kids don't listen. It's just part of it. So kids are showing up and it's wild. So I get, a girl comes into my office and she says, Tommy, can you come outside? My boyfriend's here. He's really having a hard time. So I said, okay. I walk outside. This kid is like drunk. I think he's kind of like coked out. He's just, he's a mess. He's a young kid, probably 17, 18 years old. He's just a mess. So we bring him into the office and we pray for him. We just begin to pray and pray and pray and just encourage this kid. And I remember the minute we started praying for him, you could feel like that sober kind of thing come over him. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he's in a better mind, you know? So I, a fight breaks out in the show. I have to go into the show to stop that. Everyone else is still praying for this kid. So I go in there and then I come back. And what I heard was he got done with the prayer. He walks out, his girlfriend and all his friends are there. And they said, what did they say? And he said, I can't tell you what they said to me. All I know is they said they loved me and I believed them. Yeah. So <laughs> two things. Miracles will not accomplish what love is designed to. Ever. Yeah. Like if we're going to try to to use power so we don't have to love, Oof. we're missing it because love is the point you guys and so in a supernatural culture i've literally prayed for people with broken bones and said jesus would you heal this person because you love them and he's like i would but you don't mm. so what i'm saying to me is the biggest things that mark my life still are the fact that we can have all the power in the world and it doesn't mean anything 
without love. And, and if what we can give away to a whole lot of people is that we tell them we love them and they believe us, yeah. I think we will, we will gain so much. And so in the midst of all the miracles and like all this stuff and literally so many kids getting like baptized in trash cans full of water and, you know, just doing whatever we could with whatever we had. Yeah. We can do that. And those are cool stories, but it, it doesn't mean anything if I don't love him anymore or if other people bounce. And it just to me, it's like it's about is the love of Jesus as real as I thought it was? And 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 can I hang on to that? So yeah. for me, I've, you know, there's miracle stories, but those are some of the most important Tom, side note. Tommy did a show a couple years ago and that kid from Portland came back down with his wife who was terminally ill. And he said, I just got saved a couple years ago and I brought my wife because well, I just wanted her to feel what I felt all those years ago at the show. So it, it pans out. But if we're looking for the miracle to do your work, it's not going to happen. It just won't happen. So that's my. I love it. man. Put that in your Christian pipe and smoke. Dude, Tommy, listen, everything you just mentioned, I've seen it at our outreaches in the bush. Everything. Like yeah. literally everything you yep. just mentioned. And, uh, yep. I'm telling you, and this is the reason why I love you so much, man. You are genuine. <laughs> you are full of the love of Jesus. You've given oh, yourself God, for the so. sake of the gospel. You will go anywhere. You will do anything. Mm. It is you. The, the heartbeat that you have is no different than the tribe that we run with. And we will go so to the sick. lost, the least, the broken, the sick, the needy <laughs> like that. We will stop for the one. Right. We will stop for Jesus. He is the one. And we will stop for the one. Like, honestly, Tommy, I know you do it in a different form and you do it under a different badge. But every time I hear you speak, your heart resonates with my heart. And, and, and I believe the heart of many in our organization. And I love how I love the expression uh, that, that God has given you uh, to, to bring his glory to this to this world, man. He uses you. And I love that. Tommy, give give your wife, Chrissy, a big hug from me. Um, love, love you guys. Thank you for this time. And uh, really Thank quick, uh, before we exit, if people want to get in touch, write you uh, something, are you on Instagram? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, my in, my IG handle is uh, Tommy at Tommy Runs Against Traffic. Yeah. And uh, if they want to email me, you can hit up our whole tribe. It's called The Rev gatherings at gmail.com so just go ahead whatever you want man that's awesome and uh just sleeping giant can you any update on where things are at with sleeping giant just chill man we brought it in for a landing in 2018 yeah um 12 years to the date of our first show that was our vision for the end and so uh released some really released the documentary and played some farewell dates Got stuff you can check it out. Everyone, I mean, you know, YouTube or spot, you know, whatever. Steal the music, take the music. <laughs> Just do whatever you gotta do. Listen to it. It's great, yeah. I guess, if you're into that kind of thing. So make make your mom upset, I guess, is what Will's trying no, to say. No, that's not I what I'm saying. Martha, especially Martha, bit. my mom. Don't make her upset. Listen, Tommy, love you. <laughs> love you, buddy. I love you too. Thank you I so much. You I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. And we I gotta get you back on because I got a lot of I got a lot more questions. Uh, but but we ran out sure, of time. Anytime, man. We'll do it again. Okay. Bless you, man. Okay, bye. Love you. We'll God talk later. It's real clear in the Bible. Jesus came that you would have life. And the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if something is stolen from you, something is killed.
something is destroyed in your life, scripturally, it's not Jesus, okay? So let's forgive. 